The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Amen. Do you ever just get so busy sometimes and just run around and run around? Isn't that this time of year, seems like to, seem like to you? Uh, boy, I, we, uh, we went Christmas shopping yesterday. And uh, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 2. And uh, there's people rushing around and, and rushing around, and we got home, and uh, I slept a little later than I normally do on Sundays, and got up here and uh, got everything done, realized a while ago I didn't even have my mic on, and uh, not that I need it, but it needs it for a recording. So uh, I've just kind of been running around crazy all morning, it seems like. Uh, and we're going to talk this morning about uh, Christmas, of course, and Christmas ornaments, and uh I want us to first ask uh, this question, and I don't want you to answer this out loud, uh, but just in your mind, I want you to think of a fascinating star, name a fascinating star, and uh, just whatever came to your, your mind first. And this question was asked last week to some people in a church, and here's some of their answers. Some, someone said Tom Hanks. Uh, another person said Tim McGraw. One woman said Dolly Parton. And somebody even said Arnold Schwarzenegger. So uh, when people think of the stars, uh, that may be some of the things that come to your mind, some of the, the folks that come to your mind, and those may be fascinating stars to some people. Uh, but all those, of course, are stars of entertainment. And uh, the star I want to speak to you about this morning is from God's Word, and it's a star that's more spectacular and more fascinating than any of those stars that we might have thought of, and uh, you may have thought of some other kinds of stars, but uh, Matthew chapter 2 uh, talks about a star that was created not for entertainment, but for a divine purpose. And this divine purpose or this divine plan uh, was connected to the birth of Christ. And we find that in Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, and if you the the word Bethlehem is the house of bread. If you didn't know, that's what that means. That's what Bethlehem means, the house of bread. And uh, it's interesting that Christ was born there, and he said, "I'm the bread of life," and he's the water of life, and he's the giver of light. And uh, but there in Judea, after the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, "Where's the one who has been born King of the Jews?" We saw his star in the east, <clears throat> and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Christ, and where he is to be born? And in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means among the least of the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On the coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
And they opened their treasures and presented him with gift of gold, of incense, of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we see in the midst of all of these verses a star. And it's mentioned several times, a star. And the Magi committed, com, uh, commented on the star there in verse 2 to Herod about it. In verse 7, King Herod asked the Magi about the, the time of the star's appearing. Then we read again in verse 9 how the star rested over a place where Christ was and where he could be found. And, and what about this star? And this morning, we're going to call this star the original Christmas ornament. If you have ornaments that, uh, that you place on a tree or that you place in your house somewhere, you may have special meanings to special ornaments that you've seen or that you've had, or maybe they've been passed down through the years. But I want to talk about the original Christmas ornament this morning. And one thing about the star is if you go to buy a star... It's difficult. If you've not done that, has any of y'all tried to buy wrapping paper with anything Christian on it? You can't hardly find it, and you can't find it at Walmart. The best you can do is joy to the world, uh, and uh, there's anywhere you can't find it at Lowe's. They've pretty much uh, filtered out everything to do with Christ around Christmas. If you want to find a tree topper that's a star... We had an old plastic star when I was a kid, and, and uh, it stayed on top of the tree, and uh, it had a bulb in it, but it looked yellow, you know. It was one of them kind. It is so old. Uh, but you can find Santa Claus. You can find Merry Christmas. You can find Ho, Ho, Ho. You can find snowmen. You can find polar bears. You can find Coca-Cola. You can find a, a, a number of different things, but it's difficult to find a star now. If you don't believe that, you can ask Denise because she was with me while we were searching for the star. And uh, if you uh, want to go farther than that, when you go shopping over the next couple of weeks, look for a star. They're kind of hard to find, but uh, the original Christmas ornament, and I'm going to say it was the star. If you think about what we do at Christmas, we decorate and we uh, give gifts and all of those things represent something Christ has done for us. So when you place your ornaments this year, I hope you'll think about the original Christmas ornament. And I hope to you it'll be a star. But what about this star? And I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but some have suggested what does it mean? And there's a lot of different ideals and uh, on the, the, the specifics of the star. Some say that it was a it was actually Jupiter that they were seeing and they were following. Others say uh, the idea that it, it was in conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn and they kind of lined up and they made this, this image of the fish that would represent Christianity back in the persecuted church. Some say that it was a meteor that, that was just on a course and they followed that meteor and uh, some say it was a comet, which is basically near the same thing, but uh, none of those are really credible. I mean, it, it really, none of them really say it, and, and we just don't know for certain what the star was. But one thing we do know is the star of Christmas speaks of God's glory, and that's where I want to start this morning is, is the speaking of God's glory. The star in the sky, the original Christmas ornament, speaks of God's glory. And I want you to think this morning, what's your favorite ornament? If you have a favorite ornament as you decorate your tree, my family does have. And I, I brought it this morning. This is our favorite ornament of all time. I made this when I was in vacation Bible school or something years ago. Isn't that beautiful? 
That is the, Steve, did that ooh and ah you? That is the most coveted ornament on our tree. It always receives a place of prominence right out front, you know. And my evil, vindictive family try to hide it because they don't think it's the most beautiful. It is the most beautiful. And if you can't really see it from where you're at, you'll just have to come afterwards. It has a big pink diamondoid right there in the middle, you know, and uh, all of these little white-headed pins. It's kind of getting hairy, but you figure this thing, this thing is probably between 40 and 50 years old. No macaroni on this one. That was on a different, that was the chicken. No, that was corn with the chicken, I think. But you can come admire this. Please don't touch because it is a relic and uh, it's probably a collector's item. A value that no telling what it's valued at nowadays, but uh, the prize ornament. So I, I want to put this up here, but I don't want to put it in front of the in front of this one that we have. So I'll hang that there for y'all to be awed at this morning. Hopefully, it won't distract from the message, and you'll get fi- fixated on the the beauty of it. But that's our most favorite ornament at our place. The the, the favorite ornament, and the kids might tell you different, but that really is the most favorite ornament on our tree. It's the most well-known. It's the most sought after every year. So uh, we do our annual ornament swap. I believe it's next Sunday. It was in the announcements. And uh, I think a lot of times we find in those ornament swaps that, that the ones that catch our eyes are the ones that reflect light. You know, there's a lot of neat ornaments that we swap. But when somebody has one that uh, it's just shiny and you hold it up and it, it just moves around and light reflects off of it, that, that, that really is an attractive ornament. And it, a lot of times people are drawn to that. Now, here at East Delta, it seems like tractors and deer heads are gaining momentum on, on those that reflect light. But, but those, those popular ornaments, those that reflect some type of light, uh, they seem to be the ones that the people are drawn to, something that, that really catches people's eye. And, and you think about this original Christmas ornament, this Christmas star, it was one that reflected God's light. That's what that, that's what that ornament done. Now, this one I have this morning, uh, this is the best we could do, but it lights up. Now, it's not reflecting God's light, but it's reflecting some light here. And uh, I'm going to leave this up through, uh, through Christmas. And I hope every time that you come in and you see this, uh, this star and uh, the, this ornament, that you will be brought back to the ideal of this original Christmas ornament, this original star that we've read about this morning. It was a star that reflected God's light. And it reflected God's glory. And, and people enjoy going out. If you've ever done this, I'm sure you have. It's kind of hard if you live in, in the city or in town. But to go out on a real dark night and just to look up in the heavens and look at all of the stars. And the, the, the stars, they're so deep and they're so beautiful and there's so many. And, and every one of those stars are reflecting the light of the sun. They're not doing anything on their own. They're they're simply reflecting another light. And this original Christmas ornament, that's what we see. It's reflecting the light of God and and the light of God that that led the shepherds, the light of God that that rested over the place where Christ was born. And and I hope when you see that, this light was a, a, a light that God used throughout Scripture. 
And it was simply a reflecting of God's light. And, and here's a couple of different examples. Y'all remember when, when God was leading His people to come out of Egypt over in Exodus chapter 13, 21, it says, By day the Lord went ahead of them with a pillar, a cloud to guide them, and on their way by night a pillar of fire that it would give them light. It was something that gave them direction, that light of God. When Moses came near to Mount Sinai, the people of God, they, they saw the glory of the Lord shining like a light upon Moses. It says there in Exodus twenty four fifteen, when Moses went up on the mountainside, a cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai for six days, and a cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud, to the Israelites, to the glory of the Lord. It looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And there's where Moses uh, inscribed those Ten Commandments, and we see that he had these Ten Commandments. And the Bible says when Moses returned, his face glowed. His face glowed with the light, with the glory of God. Because he was in the presence and he, when he came down off that mountain, Aaron and, and all the Israelites, they saw Moses and his face was radiant. And, and the Bible says they were afraid to even go near him because he was reflecting the light of God. And that original Christmas ornament, that's what we see. It's, it's a light that reflects the glory of God. And, and for us as Christians, we reflect that same light. Remember when, when James and John and Peter, they were there on the Mount of Transfiguration and they were with Christ there. And the Bible says, His face shone like the sun and His clothes became as white as the light. That was the, the glory of God that was reflecting off Jesus Christ. And then in Luke chapter 2, verse 9, it says, uh, as they talk about the shepherds being, it says, the, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. There's no mistake the glory of God when in Scripture Jesus himself said he was the bright and the morning star in Revelation 22:16. I, Jesus, has sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I'm the bright and the morning star. So we think about this Christmas time, we think about this original Christmas ornament, I, think you'll think, I hope you'll think about the glory of God and the shining of the glory of God. There's a, there's a, there's a story here, and, and just to ask you what kind of ornament are you this morning, and the story is told of a particular family who, who loved to decorate for Christmas, especially their tree. And there was an ornament that was a particular favorite, much like us with this beautiful ornament. But this particular ornament was, was, a, was a beautiful bright star that lit up. And one year as they went to decorate, the, the star was placed on the tree, but the, the, there was a great disappointment, he says. It, it filled the air when the ornament failed to show forth any light. There was a little sorrow and sighing, but eventually the ornament lacking light was removed and placed back in the box and stuffed somewhere out of sight. And then years went by, and then two years went by, and then three years went by, and the, the ornament once was the magnificent center of the tree, was now merely not even a memory. No one spoke of it, and now it had no place in the celebration of Jesus. But one Christmas, the father, as he was looking around and unpacking things, he, he found it and, and he drew it from the box and he restored the light to the ornament. 
And again, it became an important part of the Savior's verse. And, and I think when we talk about this, and, and that's just a story about decorating a tree, I, I think sometimes churches have, have lost that too. They've lost the, the shining of the glory of Christ. And, and remember, the church is, is us. It's not simply a building and, and asking yourself, what kind of ornament am I? Do, do, you, do you shine the glory of God? I mean, it's His light, and, and as His light shines, it, it, it reflects off of us as Christians. And, and hopefully this time of year as Christmas, uh, as we celebrate the birth of the Savior, we'll think to ourselves, what kind of ornament am I? Am I, am I reflecting the glory of God? Have, once I allowed the, the glory of God to shine through me, once it was a prominent place in my life, but, but something's happened, and it's kind of a distant memory. It's kind of been packed up and placed back in a corner. And, and I hope as we think about this Christmas, season that they will say, you know what, I want to reflect the glory of God. I, I, want, I want God's light to shine off of me and through me and not be an unattractive ornament, but I want to be one that shines like the star. Here's the second thing. Not only does this, this star speak of, of God's glory, but it also speaks of God's guidance. So you'd say this morning, I want to, I want to shine the glory of the Lord. I want it to, to reflect off of me, but, but how do I get there? Well, as we read this, the, the star speaks of God's guidance. And think about this. Are you allowing God to guide you? And, and I, I want to ask you a serious question morning. What's guiding you? A preacher will call upon a lady one time, and some of you won't even understand this because you're too young, but he called upon the lady and said, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm at home watching some religious programming. You know, preacher, you want to be highest and you know and he said well what are you watching she said i'm watching the guiding light <laughs> you know uh the, the guiding light the, the guiding light she was crying and he said what happened and and uh she said well uh you know mabel had her baby and, and she's four months premature and he said, well, she's been pregnant four years. <laughs> you know, how can that happen? That's, that's, that's those soap operas, you know. You, you can, uh, you, seven years later, they still haven't had a baby, and it's born prematurely. And, and uh, the, the guiding light. And, and for sometimes, uh, what is our guiding light? What, what are we allowing to, to guide us? If you say, yes, God is guiding me, he's my, my guiding light, then it means that we, we seek after him daily. It says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but I'll have, they'll have the light of life. Do you hear that? That guiding light. Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll not walk in darkness, but you'll have a, a life that's guided by the light of life, and that's Jesus Christ Himself. Are you walking daily with the, with the one who, who lights our world, who, who's, the, who's the guiding light, who has God's guidance? And, and what is your guiding light? Are you, are you looking to the Word? I thought about Psalms chapter 119, verse 105. He says this, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. I like working crossword puzzles, and, and uh, here was the clue. What do you find in a glove box of a car? Anybody got any idea? Map. Map. Does anybody use maps anymore? I had to cheat on that. I'm not going to lie. You know, I just I, I sat there a minute. I just went, all right. I went, oh, it's a map. Yeah, that's what I would have said. And I wrote map in there, you know. So uh, 
uh, hardly anybody uses maps anymore. You know, it, I think we use them occasionally. I, I just get on my Google Maps on my phone and put in where I want to go, and it, it directs me. But, but the other day we were in South Texas, and or we were in West Texas, and we were we were leaving, and we were headed to Odessa. And and uh, I think my dad or uh, maybe a buddy of mine, Alan, said, "You know how to get there?" I said, "Oh yeah." We took off, and and I had looked at a map. Okay. Wrong thing. Just let Betty tell you how to go. You know where to turn. But anyway, we're going along there, and I see a sign that says Monahans. And if you know anything about this, okay, we're we're down here at Big Lake, and Midland's over here, and Odessa's over here, and Monahans over here. <laughs> so uh, I pull over, and uh, I said. I have messed up, believe it or not. It was the first time this year, but I did. I, I said, I have messed up. We missed a turn. We went about 70 miles out of the way. Can you believe that? That's a long way to realize you're going the wrong way, isn't it? And, and the whole time, I had a map available. But I was pretty sure I knew where I was going. And we got there, we just got, we went the scenic route. So we went up and we went through Monahans and we went back the other direction. We ended up in Odessa. But, but God says this, I'm, I want to be your guiding light. And here's the thing, we may eventually get where we need to be. But if we don't allow God to lead us, what do we do? We end up 70 miles on the wrong path. And we realize, boy, I have wasted some time. I have wasted some days, or I've wasted some weeks, or I've wasted some years, or I've wasted some months because I've not allowed God to guide me. And I've kind of got off on my own thing. I knew where I was going. I knew where I wanted to be. And and I failed to follow God's direction and God's map. And he says, my word will be a lamp in your feet, and, and my word will be a light into your path. And, and that original Christmas ornament, it represented God's guidance. Think about those magi, and if you've been out at night, and it's, it's dark, and it's pitch black, and they were able to look, and they were able to say, there's a star, and, and there's the presence of God, and the presence of God is guiding us, and He's leading us. And, and they didn't go 50 miles out of the way. Because they allowed God's presence to, to guide them. Whatever their, their personal part was in God's plan, they sacrificed their time, they sacrificed their energy, the energy they, they sacrificed their personal resources that God would guide them. And I, I'm convinced they did all of this because they wanted to find something there. And, and what they wanted to find was the gift of God. As they were, they were seeing the, the, the glory of God, the, the presence of God in the light, and they were seeing the, the guidance of God through that star. I think they were looking for that, grit, that gift. And y'all remember when you were kids? Some of you won't remember this either. Daddy told me I was getting old this week. So <laughs> Daddy is past 80, okay? So he's getting senile. So he thinks I'm getting old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But uh, but uh, he he said uh, I said I went to church at, at First Baptist Church Rankin. I probably shouldn't have said that. I went to church at this church in West Texas. The preacher got up, and his kid was going back and forth to up here, down there, up here, down here, down here. And he he had a pen. I don't have my pen. And he'd hold it. He'd stand right here beside his dad, and he'd hold it and go. <laughs> And his dad's standing here preaching, and I'm like, 
take him to the back. Amen. You know, I was going, how distracted is that? And I told Daddy, I said, I can't believe that. He goes, you're just getting old. <laughs> that stuff like that bothers you too much. I know it just drove me crazy. You know, he's about a little about six-year-old kid. He's old enough not to be running and talking and, you know. But anyway, I don't know where I was headed with that. But anyway, y'all remember when you was kids and you, you'd go out at night on the weekends and you see those big old spotlights. Y'all ever, any of y'all ever remember that? What did that mean? Sell. Free hot dogs. Free Coca-Colas. You know, boy, that's what the Vons did for entertainment. You know, Daddy, I think they're getting free hot dogs away down there at the Safeway. You know, it's going. So uh, we, we, would, uh, we would load up, and we would look for the lights, because we knew... When we found that light, there was something happening. There was a sale going on. There was a free hot dog involved. There was something happening because those lights were shining. And the funny thing is, and I guess towns weren't as lit as they are today, anywhere I, I was raised in McKinney, anywhere in McKinney, you could see those lights. You know, it'd be two big old round, probably six foot, five foot tall lights, and they were mounted on trailers, and they would just move back and forth. So wherever you was at in that town, you just started following those lights and following those lights, and eventually you got to the place where things were happening. And when we think about what God is saying and what God is doing, He's shining a light for us. And He's saying, here it is. And, and if we'll look and we'll say, that's the glory of God I see. That's that first Christmas ornament. That's, that's a reflection of God. And, and as I look at that reflection of God, it's guiding me. And it's guiding me where I need to be. It's guiding me where things are happening. It's guiding me where, where the, the town is coming and, and, and people want to be involved and we want to see what's happening. That's the guidance of God and we find that in His light. And as we think about those things, as we think about those, those lights and the glory of God and we think about that guidance that God has given us, we, we led to that greatest gift. That greatest gift beyond finding the star, they found God's greatest gift. As the Magi came, there were some men, and, and they must have been some type of men of status. They must have had, had some means about them because just gathering from what they brought... They brought gold, incense, and myrrh. Those are rather elaborate gifts that they brought. And they, they, certainly, they, they certainly brought those gifts that they might present them to the king because they recognized God was going to give them a great gift. You know, we want to do that at Christmas, don't we? I mean, we, we don't want to go give somebody a, 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 a $1 tie and then them give us a car. I mean, it's all right if y'all want to give me a car. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm all in with that. But, but you know what I'm saying? We want to match gift for gift, don't we? I mean, we, we, we want to say, well, you know, that's, I, I need to get them something pretty nice. And, and we always say it's the thought that counts. It is the thought that counts. But, but you know what I'm saying? We, we want to present someone we love with, with something they can really use and something they really like. And, and I thought about the Magi, and they, they said, you know what? God has given us a gift through His Son, Jesus Christ, and we want to bring the best to Him. 
We want to bring the, the best that we have to offer. And, and even though their gift was of some means, it's, it, it fails terribly to what God's gift was for us. He, he, he gave us a, a perfect gift at Christmas and and have we reached that place that the Magi reached has, has have we seen God in his glory and have we allowed God to lead us to that point of of to the cross of Christ have we allowed him to lead us to that to Jesus Christ our savior and and here's that greatest gift as we think about this this first Christmas ornament we think about the greatest ornament that that star that led us that star that shines the the glory of God I hope you'll think about that greatest gift this year it's not a gift in a in a wrapped in a bow or in a bag but it's that gift of of eternal life the bible says yet while we were sinners God gave us a gift of Jesus Christ and that gift is eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. A gift beyond the star. It was given in a town called Bethlehem. It was, a, it was a babe laying in a manger. And the Bible says it was Emmanuel. God with us. Christ the Lord. Father, I pray this morning as we think about this, this time of Christmas and we think about all the decorations, we think about the family and the fun, we think about the traditions that we have in families and, and the ornaments that we decorate the tree with and the ones we made, the ones that's been passed down from generations, the one we bought this year and, and it was that special ornament that caught our eye. I pray, Father, today that we would remember that first Christmas ornament that star that reflected the glory of God. Father, I pray as we think about that first Christmas ornament this season, every time we look upon a star, whether it be at our Christmas tree, whether it be in this sanctuary, whether it be tonight as the, as the, the sun goes down and if the stars come out and we, we can see them tonight, Father, that as we look up there, we'd, we'd really just be reminded of the glory of God and how you shine off of us. Father, I pray that we'd remember that, that guiding light that you offer us as you offer the children of Israel, as, as we see throughout Scripture that your light leads and, and guides and directs us. And, and in you, there's no darkness at all, but it's light. And Father, I pray this year as we exchange gifts, as we buy gifts, and we, we want that perfect gift, we search and, and look for that perfect gift. I pray, Lord, that we'd recognize that first gift, that perfect gift. You searched through all of heaven, the Bible says, and you found one perfect lamb, the lamb of Jesus. And you gave that gift to us, your children. I pray, Lord, as we receive gifts, as we give gifts, Lord, we'd be reminded of that perfect gift that you give each one of us. And, Father, that we would recognize that it only becomes a gift when we accept it, when we take it, when we open it, it becomes ours. Lord, I pray that we'd know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I pray, Lord, that we would share that gift with others and realize that that not only did you come to this earth, but, but through your life, through your death, through your burial, through your resurrection, you have given us a gift of eternal life. Father, I pray today... 
throughout this season of Christmas, throughout this time of of getting, receiving, of going, of traveling, of family, of friends, of eating, all the activities. I pray, Lord, we'd think about the glory of the Lord, the guiding light, and the greatest gift of all. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.